0: Welcome to the King Hero Indy Car Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about yourself? Pretty good. Um, new computer today. Doing the hard work on this recording. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I bought a top-of-the-line laptop again. I always do, right? Okay. And yet it has one less USB port than the last one does well it's maddening i mean i I bought the the latest version of my the the other laptop i had it's got one less usb port i'm like why would you do that
1: look at my laptop and i think i have two usb ports total
0: yeah well that's one more than i have now (laughs) you know can't put a cd in it anymore or dvd or anything like that well, uh, okay. I, I'm willing to say we don't need those anymore, Curb, but, you know.
1: Um, they, they come in handy every now and then.
0: I don't, no, I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> they shouldn't. Let's put it that way. They shouldn't. Okay. All right, Curb, enough uh, dating yourself um, and moving on. Um, but before we move on, I have to say one more thing, Curb. Yes. And that is 27 years. That's remarkable. Congratulations to you and uh, your lovely wife. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you. That was a nice occasion yesterday. That's, uh, that's in a phenomenal amount of time to be married.
1: <laughs> well,
0: it's flown by, Justin. It's flown by. Yeah. I think I've nearly been married as much, uh, as long, but just over a couple of different episodes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get to it, Curb, shall we? We've kind of had to look to other series to... Yeah, kind of keep the content up. Um, right. I suspect that we'll have a little bit of that. Um, but there has been some IndyCar news. Starting in nowhere in particular, Curb, Kyle Larson coming to Indianapolis 500 in 2024. Comments? Uh, should
1: be fun. Uh, he's coming with Rick Hendrick, so I think that's uh, an added bonus to have uh, a NASCAR owner, the stature of Rick Hendrick, wanting to, Support the effort. That's usually not the case with these uh, type of crossover uh, entries. People have wanted to see Larson for a long time in an IndyCar and uh, at the 500 in particular. So
0: a big positive for everybody. Fulfilling a Robin Miller dying request almost, wouldn't you say? Well, that's true. I was actually surprised by that announcement because every time I saw Kyle Larson asked about that particular issue – he kind of just gave it lip service. Yeah, I'd like to do it someday, you know, kind of thing. But I never really felt like – you never kind of sensed that there was any desire to do it. In fact, almost just the opposite. Like, yeah, he didn't really want to do it.
1: Well, I mean, I agree. The uh, The other Kyle,
0: right, always seemed to be the one more interested in doing it. Um, there's going to be 23 races in F1 this year. Um, okay. There was scheduled to be 24, uh, but China, due to its uh, – covid restrictions and so forth were just kind of late to the piece, and they couldn't put it together you know about china yes china yeah. china china <laughs> um and it's really interesting because they they basically dropped it off the schedule they didn't replace it they had they had 24 they dropped china off and said ah 23 is enough right so you kind of get the impression, and you start thinking about it, you know, 24 races in a, a, a year of 52 weeks. I think they're kind of maxed, don't you? Uh, at least teams and
1: drivers have been claiming to be maxed for a few years, haven't they, even as they kept adding more races. Particularly given their uh, worldwide scope, it's uh, it's got to be a pretty
0: challenging schedule. The point of me mentioning this is that I just kind of get the feeling that whatever races we got, at least in terms of numbers – They're kind of done. And so it just leaves almost every place else for IndyCar to think about, doesn't it?
1: That would take some uh, approach that we
0: haven't seen
1: lately. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. A thought process we haven't seen. Exactly. And to that end, I mean, again, as an IndyCar fan, you're just crestfallen when you see a Formula E race going on in Mexico City where the stands are packed. Right. Why aren't we there?
1: Because we and, don't have a Mexican driver, Justin. We can't <laughs> succeed in Mexico without a Mexican driver. Uh, are, you, are you being facetious? Or are you forgetting about Pato Award? Well, I'm just saying that's what they've been saying for years. Like when we lost Adrian Fernandez and you know the the worldwide fame that was Michelle Jordain. Um, you know, we just couldn't go to Mexico anymore. Uh, look, I I can't explain it anymore. I, I'm. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about the show earlier today and thinking, you know, last – we made a, a, a great effort last episode to uh, be positive, and I'm glad we don't have to make that promise again because I don't feel like being
0: positive, but
1: uh,
0: – Yeah, that's fair. But, I, again, it just doesn't it rile you to look at that crowd at the for, at Formula E, which is, yeah, it's like watching paint dry, right? Right, yeah. No and idea. there they pack it. It's just some blue. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw um,
1: – on Twitter, Nathan Brown with the star was arguing with people that are complaining about the lack of, uh, you know, streaming on Peacock for this week's spring training out of the thermal club. And, you know, he says, well, it costs too much money. There's no return on investment for it, blah, blah, blah. Maybe true, but then why the hell are you at the thermal club? You know what I mean? It's like, I just, all this money that they suppose are going to spend this year on marketing and promoting the series and the product. And you seen anything, uh, Different this year than you've seen in the past as the off-season goes on and the season approaches? Not so far. It's getting frustrating, and hopefully things will improve, But I'm not seeing it so far.
0: Kind of adding along similar lines, we might as well just get it all out of the way. Um, <laughs> the Daytona 24 hours, uh, record crowds. Crowds, record, manufa- not record, but renewed manufacturer participation. Yeah. And, uh, and I think
1: more on the way, right,
0: in the year Yeah. And even the roar, the the you know the little shindig they have a week before was well attended. That series is starting to draw some interest as well. And uh, the race, uh, I don't know if you caught any of it, but uh, certainly some excitement towards the end there. Um, yeah, LMC 2 Even yeah, lmt 2 obviously uh, you know <laughs> incredibly. I mean, just it's just unfathomably close finish uh, after racing 24 hours. But even the the the, the highest class. P. 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 GTP. GTP. Um, you know, that was considering all brand new cars, different engines, different manufacturers, you know, real, no real bounce of power, you know, data to draw from. I mean, still very closely contended hats off to IMSA. you guys are doing a lot of things, right? Knock, knock, knock IndyCar, car. Are you paying any attention to any of this?
1: Acura, AKA Honda leading the way with the first and second with their, hybrid engines
0: and, and correct me if i'm wrong but isn't that the indycar engine that they threw in there the 2.4
1: i think that's what they say somehow they were able to make uh hybrids work in imsa but they weren't able to make hybrids work in indycar
0: i mean space has a lot to do with that uh in the engine compartment and so forth which i get and and the ability to take on additional weight which indycar struggles with which i also get but right. I, I, you know again To me, it's more of a question of just a series that, you know, let's face it. A few years ago, you're like, what, a bunch of bozos? And now in two or three years, including the COVID years, I might add, uh, have somehow managed to, uh, you know, draw some interest towards them. I I hate to say it, and, and we say it all the time, but it's a stark comparison to what we've seen in the sport we love. Yeah, and this week, while Andy
1: Carr's at Thermal doing their spring training, NASCAR getting ready to go back to the Coliseum for their clash at the Coliseum.
0: With Rob Lowe as the
1: Grand Marshal. Really? I understand, right, it costs them a million dollars or more to build that track, to have a half-assed race in the Coliseum, and then uh, tear it all down, you know, the week after. But, again, it's an investment in uh, marketing their series. I suppose a newer and different audience and, um, and again, stark difference, right?
0: Yeah. And Rob below.
1: That'll put you over the top right there with all the young people.
0: <laughs> you know, no, we'll put you all on the top with, you know, <laughs> women that we're married to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, 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 have we got our bitching out of the way?
1: Probably not, but, um, but we'll go back to formula one for a minute. Apparently, there's a pending announcement that Ford is going to link up with Red Bull Racing in uh, Formula One in 26, maybe. Is that right?
0: Oh, okay. Haven't and I think they're that. actually going
1: to announce it in New York City. Would that um, lessen the uh, impact of Chevy or Cadillac joining up with um, Mark, or with uh, Michael Andretti's team and his effort to use that as a, his way into Formula One?
0: Uh, yes, I think it does. It's interesting. I mean, I, uh, you and I had many talks about uh, Ben Slam and the FIA and how that relates to F1 and, you know, how much power does the FIA really have about, the, you know, these kind of matters and so forth. Because, you know, that, Ben Slum's in obviously in Andretti slash GM's corner, uh, but it doesn't appear that F1 is, in particular, the teams of F1, save two, are all that interested in in the prospect. And I think you go on and speaking of Red Bull, you go on to read Christian Horner's comments about that. If you want to just kind of get a quick read on the situation, that's probably those reading those comments were probably the best way to do that. Right. And mm-hmm. basically what he said was, we're going to make less money if we let him in. Right. So mm-hmm. why, why would we want to let him in? Right. Um, yeah. I think that's a fair characterization of what he said. And that actually jives with what Andretti said, which is like it's all about money, and they want they they, they want to keep their money. Everybody seems to be saying the same thing, and I, so to me, it's uh, I think that's all you need to read into it. And and if Christian Horner had this Ford thing in his back pocket, I mean, that probably makes him all more insistent upon it. Well, one less reason we need you, Michael. Good luck to you. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, you could argue whether Andretti, you know, how he went about it was right or wrong. I think ultimately that doesn't matter. I mean, this no, is my those idea. Are th- those were excuses. Exactly. But I think what really matters is if I let you in the club, I'm going to make less money. Uh, I don't care what club you're talking about, whether it's in motorsports or country club or you know business organization or whatever. I mean, that's usually a bad proposition that doesn't work. Part of the question, though, I think is do they and should they, the teams,
1: have the veto? power to not let somebody in. I mean, theoretically, they signed this Concord agreement that established a dilution fee. It established a car count of 20 to 24 teams, if I remember, or 20 to four cars, if I remember right. So 10 to 12 teams. That was all part of the agreement they signed. But yet they're saying, well, I know we signed an agreement that would allow for up to 12 teams and allow for this dilution fee to be paid. But, you know, things have changed and we don't want to live up to that agreement.
0: And I, but I don't think F1 again. I think not only teams make less money. I think F1 looks at it as they make less money too. Well, I think the, team, I think the teams would look
1: to the F1 to contribute to whatever they think they're losing.
0: I don't think F1 is particularly financially incentivized either. And so then it kind com- of com- comes back to the FIA. And, and for the FIA, I think what's been clear about this whole process is that the you know the, the limitations of their ability to affect uh, change is uh, is limited. Um, pretty limited, and uh, you know that guy Ben Salam got a whole big smackdown. You know he's been basically said, well, uh, your opinions noted, but please stay out of our business. You know, we paid 4.4 billion dollars for the commercial rights, and that's that. And you know there was a dirty deal done with uh, Bernie and uh, Mosley, you know, way back when for a hundred years for 300 million, and uh, that's what you're gonna live by. Right. Which is incredible when you think about it. Jeez. I mean. Bernie Ecclestone. Jeez.
1: That'll be a good book to read. He stepped into a vacuum and took advantage of it. And to be
0: fair, delivered for the sport. Yeah. I mean, you know, like like anything, it's not all one way, right? There's good and bad. But, man. Shifty, shifty character, that one. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Uh, Kerb. Uh, other bit of news came out: Sato going to Ganassi for the oval races. Uh, not a big surprise there. What say you?
1: I think if somebody had told you back in September that was going to be the case, you'd been pretty surprised, wouldn't you?
0: You can't you can't really look at the news in the vacuum of the Marcus Armstrong announcement, right? Um, once you realize there's only going to be an oval only driver, then the lists start to get you know smaller.
1: You know, I mean, let's just say, to be honest, the has never seemed like Ganassi-Penske material, right? I mean, despite his success at Indy, um, he's never seemed like one of their kind of drivers. No. Nope. And he's had his run in certainly with Dario and uh, over the years and Dixon, and um, a little surprising. Uh, it, I think it could turn out to be very successful, particularly at Indy. I might go so far as making him one of my favorites for the race, if not the favorite.
0: Yeah, but I think you just answered your own question, right? You consider him a favorite, and I think Chip is all about winning the 500. Uh, I think that's why Palau got a seat there, is because they saw how well he went uh, in. You know, when he was uh, qualifying for God, I can't remember who now was it. Coin, Dale Coin. Coin, yeah, it was Coin, and. That's not inconsistent with Chip's uh, behavior. And I think he's looks at it as like another bullet, you know, like a real bullet in the chamber. And probably, you know, uh, even better bullet than uh, the former winner he's got uh, driving for him at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, well,
0: um, look, I mean,
1: they got four great chances at the
0: 500. I, I, I guess – when you say it would have came down to Kanan or Sato, well, it's a mystery
1: why Ryan hunter Ray is never in the frame. But I guess it's to be just making money. Last year he was under contract with them. I don't know what his situation is this year.
0: Well, I, I think Sato's record at the 500 is is better than both those guys.
1: Yeah, I think you know, I think Coin is disappointed to lose him. I think he was really excited last year. He was, I remember him. Uh, being excited that Sato was at the top of the charts, you know, in the week leading up to
0: qualifying and, um, a couple more things. We do have a uh, spring training came up, coming up. Um, and I think, you know, we'll have kind of a season preview show. I gotta tell you, I'm looking forward to having a look at, um, uh, uh, Mr. Armstrong in a car. Um, and also, uh, um, uh, the Ar- Argentinian. I, I mean, I-, I know people aren't expecting a lot of them, but geez, I mean, I mean, who's to say he won't actually do pretty well? Not recently from the
1: uh, Formula One feeder series in Europe. He's not the, that's the typical route outside of uh, the road to Indy or what used to be called the road to Indy. Um If I understand right, he's got something of a journeyman touring car racer or is that type of thing in South America. But, um, you know, we've seen people come from those kind of disciplines before. So it may depend more on the team and the car than it even does on his ability. So. If he can drive as well as you know Callum Ilott drives, and uh, if the team can give him cars like they gave Callum last year, then he might surprise us a few places.
0: No, I, I just think it'll be interesting to watch, and I, I just I don't understand the you know the lackluster reception to his announcement. I think it's it's going to be well, a really interesting experiment to watch. Well, uh, you know, I felt very sorry for him, and maybe it didn't matter.
1: Maybe the announcement was more for an Argentinian audience, but. I felt badly for him because they announced his, um, you know, being the driver in the second car for Hunkos, uh the same day that, that McLaren and, and uh, Kyle Larson announced he was going to race in the Indy 500 in 2024. And so that took up all the oxygen and the domestic racing media. And he got totally overshadowed by the Larson thing here in America.
0: Kerber, I just want to mark this comment. A uh, couple of years I've been talking about this guy and, Uh, Again, he's a winner of the 24 of Daytona. This Tom Blomquist is the real deal, and I hope he gets Elio's uh, seat next year. I think he's going to be every bit of what we've seen in Scotty M. I think this guy is the real deal. If there's one guy I'd like to see in IndyCar, if you could say, that's the guy I'd want to see in IndyCar, that's the guy. They're sure
1: talking that angle up in the uh, broadcast.
0: Well, let's just hope by the time uh, he gets offered the seat, it's a step up instead of a step down from IMSA. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> all <right. laughs> by all accounts on the broadcast they're very impressed the whole team including michael shank and the other key components of the team are very very impressed with him they have already given him a test haven't they
0: but you know you think about it you think about uh, like a guy like bordet now look at his deal he's probably making as much as he was in an in indy car a lot less risk right? you do have to question if the money from imsa and indy car starts becoming you know very similar how many guys are going to be going like, well, geez, I can have a much longer career in IMSA. Uh, I can get paid the same. I have more manufacturer involvement, and I do less races. I'm going to assume that's a
1: new and improved um, market for drivers and in, in sports cars than it was maybe
0: five years ago, isn't it? Obviously, the racer, the young racer and anybody, is going to want to drive an IndyCar over one of those cars, you know, right. from a strictly performance and all that. But, you yeah. know, at some point some of these other factors are going to figure in for some of the people anyways. Supposedly the money has been getting better in IndyCar too. So
1: um, that changes probably the best time in a long time to be a, a professional race car driver in America period. Right. I mean, just,
0: yeah. So open question to Sebastian Bourdais, how much money would it take to get you back in an IndyCar? Colton heard of money, man. Colton heard of money. Right. Yeah. That's a, I mean, have you heard the numbers for him?
1: uh i've heard seven to nine Uh, yes
0: yeah even if it's the low end of that i mean wow big number for an an indy car driver
1: for a guy that doesn't have an f1 super license yeah and gonna get the formula one eventually colton's gonna be his guy and so he's paying him formula one money now to make sure he sticks with him yeah he still doesn't have an f1 super license last year you attended the race at worldwide technology raceway correct
0: Uh, that is a sour note
1: was that on a saturday or Sunday?
0: I believe it was on a Saturday curb.
1: And it was supposed to be mid afternoon, but rain pushed it back to late afternoon, early evening, right?
0: I, I was I think it was supposed to be late afternoon. Um and it's still, well, I mean it, it started in
1: the daylight. And this year Worldwide Technology Race was on a Sunday at three thirty in the afternoon <laughs> in St. Louis in the middle you know, in the hottest period of summer. Now I heard I listening to another podcast recently. And they seem to think this was it for Gateway, that IndyCar would be done at Gateway after this year. Bob Marino would pull out, blah, blah, blah. And the Gateway would be putting their all their efforts into NASCAR. Have you seen anything along those lines or have any thoughts about that?
0: I don't see anything along those lines. I think it's completely logical. And I think it's just classic IndyCar. Just throw a dagger in it. And uh, I don't know why they do that. I'm sure there's a reason, right? Um,
1: Well, I I mean, I think think we would agree. Uh, You know, you've talked about fan abuse being one of your causes going forward here. And I think this is uh, event abuse where IndyCar has just killed this event at the altar of ratings on NBC.
0: Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Things might have to get a lot worse before they get any better. I, they had a great event in St. Louis that they've literally killed. It seems like once they've made a decision, like then they just really just go whole hog and kill it. Screw you, John Bomberita. Right. Yeah.
1: It just. I just. We've we've all watched on TV as the crowd has dwindled over the years. It just seems to make common sense that that should be a night race on a Saturday night, and you'd still be able to pull decent crowds, I would think.
0: Why wouldn't they just put it on USA Saturday night? They got four other races on USA. I mean, what difference does it make?
1: Well, I think they want to be able to sell the story that their ratings keep going up. And by maximizing the number of races on network versus cable, they, you know, it seems like almost anything on network can pull a $1 million, a $1 viewer uh, average. And so they uh, can maintain or uphold their average by having as many races on on NBC as possible.
0: I refuse to believe that there's that, you know, media buyers and, you know, aren't savvy enough to kind of look through <laughs> through those things and kind of come to their own conclusions. You know, what I mean,
1: well, but it's not only media buyers, right? It's taking those numbers out to potential sponsors and, you know, team sponsors, car sponsors, whatever. You know, at, at what point does showing an event with nobody in the stands uh, do you any good?
0: They're going to have to pay uh, the stands in every track like they do Daytona so it looks like people are there. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, on um, to your onto your positive note. Renus VK Amazon star. <laughs>
1: uh, did you have you learned any more what that's all about?
0: Curb of all things. I mean of all people of all things, I mean and what's it called? Villain? No, the I Amazon believe- original?
1: No, it's just VK. Yeah. Villain must be the production company or something. Come out on February 10th on Prime Video Benelux. So I assume Benelux is some sort of Dutch, you know, region or version of Amazon Prime Video.
0: You're, you're familiar with the term Benelux countries, no doubt, Curb.
1: Yeah,
0: Vaguely, not not uh, not authoritative. Wow, though. where did where did your? I thought we had the same education growing up.
1: I don't think you took Belgium. The
0: job. Netherlands, Luxembourg, Benelux, ring a bell. Makes sense. Okay, here's something you might be better at. Who was the geography teacher at Chattard High School? He was a coach. I didn't take the class. I don't know. He can't remember his name. Not a bad guy. It's hard to look at those people like through your eyes now because you were a stupid kid. You had no idea what they were really like, right? Okay, I got a yearbook here. I just got mine out, yeah. So I
1: just Coach Kenny, Coach Shawnee Coach Tucker. Was it Tucker?
0: Tucker, Tucker. There you go. And oh, oh I, I just came across a picture of you. Kirby Kinghorn leads the pack. Mike Rizzo gives his all to catch another runner. The talent on the uh, yearbook staff was was, uh, <laughs> I was say Who wrote these things? These captions. They're just mindless. Just spend an hour looking at high school yearbooks. Okay, enough of that. Uh, so, uh, good luck to all those people in the Benelux that can watch the riveting story of, of Rena's VKs rise to the top. Hi, Curb. I think on that happy note, uh, should we call it a day?
1: Uh, yeah, let's call it a day. Spring training this weekend or Friday and Thursday this and week. Friday. Live timing and scoring on uh, IndyCar.com. Okay. IndyCar's digital channels are the go-to source for thermal open test coverage. A robust compilation of content over two days of testing includes live timing and scoring, a preview video featuring the driver, track walk. In other
0: words, no video.
1: No live streaming.
0: Yeah. All right, Curb. Good talk. Good talk.
1: Uh, Yeah, Twitter.
0: At Hero, H-I-R-O IndyCar. At Hero IndyCar.
1: All right. Thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll hopefully be back uh, in a couple of weeks. March 5th, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Firestone Grand Prix of St. Saint- and then after that, uh, a short month for the next race, <laughs> It's April 2nd. Great. Right. So.
0: All right. Well, then I guess we're getting close. We're getting All close. right. All right.
1: All uh, right. Get excited, everybody, and I uh, look forward to talking to you soon.